with you. With your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic and over your cloak as well, should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your heavenly Father, for he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good, and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. If you all want seats, there's probably room for about 10 or 12 up here in the front. Um, anybody who really feels like they need to sit down, there's a, a number of places up here, including a whole pew right here almost. One of the most um, powerful memories that I have is being at the funeral of Pope St. Paul the second, 15 years ago. Since I was working at the Vatican at the time, I had a seat very close to the front where I was able to turn around and look behind me to see the crowd of 300,000 people filling the Piazza of St. Peter and all of the surrounding streets. It was a beautiful reminder of how many lives Pope St. John Paul II had touched by his travels, his teaching and his telegenic personality. And toward the end of that requiem mass, one of the loudest cheers of the crowd was Santo Subito, which means sainthood now in Italian. There was just a universal sense that this man who had been in the public eye as Pope for nearly 27 years, who had traveled to 129 countries to say mass and exhort the faithful, who had played no small role in the fall of communism, who had canonized 483 people, and who had written so much to teach the faith, teach the faith that he was already in heaven and didn't need some Vatican commission to investigate whether he was a saint. In the aftermath of his funeral, his biographer, George Weigel, told me a story about visiting the postulator, the man who was in charge of the Pope's cause for canonization. And the postulator took him to a room in the Vatican where there were stacks of letters on the tables from Asia, Africa, North and South America, Australia, and Europe that they had received. And each of the letters were addressed the same way. The address simply said, Pope John Paul II, heaven. I mean, the U.S. Postal Service can't get my energy bill across New Orleans on time, 
This is no lie. We had to go on auto pay because we got our bills so late. And letters addressed to Pope to John Paul II in heaven are getting from Africa to the Vatican. It's even more astounding if you understand how the Vatican mail office works. They recently found Paul's second letter to the Romans. But these agreements at the funeral and afterward that Pope John Paul II had led a life worthy of heaven tell us something. Today in the gospel, Jesus commands us to something that may seem at first glance impossible. He tells us, so be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now let's reflect on that command by first learning a little bit about the Greek word for perfect that Jesus used. By reflecting on it according to our state of life, and then by reflecting on it as Christian disciples. Be perfect seems hard enough, but be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect sounds impossible. Nobody's perfect, right? Then why did Jesus command it? The Greek word for perfect that Jesus uses today is teleos. It comes from the Greek word telos, which means a purpose or an end, and forms a basis for the philosophical field of teleology. What this means is that things have purposes. So the telos, or the purpose of, say, a hammer, is to hammer nails. The telos, or the purpose of a chair, is to provide a place to sit. Now, it is possible to hammer a nail with a chair, and it's possible to sit on a hammer, but those are not the teloses or the purposes for which the things were used. Another example would be an acorn. The telos or the purpose of an acorn is to grow into an oak tree. Now, you can use acorns as decorations in your house, but that's not really the telos of an acorn. So when Jesus, Jesus tells us to be teleois, to be perfect, he's telling us to reach the purpose for which we were made. So if we see perfection as reaching the purpose that God has for us, and that is one goal. So let's look how that works according to our state of life. Now what do I mean by state of life? Well, we should certainly strive to fulfill the purpose of what we are doing in our lives. Teleology is what underlies ethics, so being the best lawyer or the best doctor means having the best ethics. But you might also want to be the best teacher or banker or electrician or student. But our state of life is more than what we do. It's who we are. John Paul II was the Pope. He strove to fulfill his role as a priest and a leader of the church. And that role is very different from my role as a parish priest, and it's different from that of a father of a family or a mother, a sister or brother or a son or a daughter. So fathers and mothers strive to fulfill their purpose as mothers and fathers to whom God has given children by nurturing them, protecting them, educating them, especially in the practice of the faith. Sons and daughters strive to fulfill their purpose by being obedient to their parents and living in harmony in their family. As a priest, I'm called to help sanctify the family and to teach and to govern the parish. But ultimately, that word teleos, or perfection, is directed to our lives as Christian disciples. 
We are called to strive to fulfill our highest purpose as Christian disciples, which is to get to heaven. In the first reading from Leviticus, the Jewish people are called to be holy, as God is holy. For them it meant strict observance of the law. As we heard last week, Jesus goes deeper than that into our hearts and our minds. And we're called to exceed the law by the grace of the Spirit living within us, as St. Paul tells us when he calls us temples of the Holy Spirit in the second reading. And Jesus gives some examples of how to be perfect as God is perfect. We turn the other cheek, as Jesus did during his passion. We love our enemies as God loves all of his children. We give to others as a sign of God's generosity to us. And we allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within us primarily through our prayers, our reception of the sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist and confession. People admired Pope St. John Paul II and thought he was a saint because of what he did as Pope. But the church canonized him for who he was a holy man striving for Christian perfection, who celebrated Mass daily, who went to confession weekly. So as we feast this weekend and prepare for our Latin fast on Wednesday, be the best float rider or parade watcher. Be the best ambassador for our city or the best tourist. Be the best mom or dad or son or daughter. Remember that everything is centered on what we're doing here at Mass, striving to be the perfect follower of Jesus Christ by allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us to perfection through his graces working within our souls and to achieve the highest telos or purpose for which we were made to join our perfect Father in heaven.